You ready? Ready. Ready. Check, check. Everything is good. Hello, Lucian Crenshaw. Hello, Chantel Dayton. You are my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) What are you about to do? Uh, Nothing. (laughs) I know. It's like that when people come to you and they're like, uh, you're my best friend. And, uh, and they're like twiddling their thumbs. What are you about to do? No, I actually was just, um, thinking about something that I wanted to tell you like last week and was like, oh my gosh, this would be really funny. I'm sure maybe you thought of it before, but, um, because there's things that like you talk to your best friend about, but you don't talk to other people about or randomly, you know, just say like on a podcast or something. Oh, okay. (laughs) And so... I'm sitting in the bathroom with my phone in my hand, and I am pooping. <laughs> I was just going to ask, were you pooping? Because who doesn't go to the bathroom with their phone I anymore? know, and I thought, okay, so there's things that you talk about, like actually <clears throat> openly talk about with your best friend that everybody does, but yet mm-hmm. not very many people talk about it. Yeah. And, and so I'm sitting there with my phone, and scrolling through uh, Instagram, right? It's like probably the place that I scroll through the most um, because I'm just sitting there, uh, <laughs> right? right? And I have to say that it's it's common. A lot of people do it. And I like to play a game. Do you? Yeah. Yeah? What game do you like to play? I have this silly little puzzle game that's kind of like Tetris, but not Tetris. Yeah. I just like it for my brain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of nice mm-hmm. um and so I got to thinking how many people or do you really think about this when you write an Instagram post or Facebook post how many people have actually thought about that the majority of people I bet probably 50 percent of people are probably going to read their post while they're pooping <laughs> Yeah, it could be. Yeah, because I thought, oh my gosh, like when I write things, I don't think like where people will be when they receive whatever it is that I've written. Yeah, I don't know if it's maybe about 50% because I think people are probably, a lot of people are on their Instagram like all day long. That's true. But the chances of it being read on the toilet by people, yeah. It's pretty great. It's pretty, that's pretty high. Yeah. 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 So it just, it just got me thinking how... (laughs) How funny is it now that now, even like yesterday, as I wrote a post, I thought, I wonder how many people are going to read this while pooping. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Ladies and gentlemen, this is what I think about. And uh, not necessarily this, this specific thing, but these are the the wonderings. Yeah. The wonderings. Yes. Yes. You should maybe just, Yeah. You have a lot of wonderings, and they usually involve very random things mm-hmm. that most humans would not necessarily think about. But they do make you think just a little they bit, They do. Right? Yep. You've always got one for the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the Dear Life I'm In podcast. Uh, my name is Lou Crenshaw, and I am joined here by... My Me. wondering best friend. <laughs> Me. Chantel Dayton. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we are still, um, it is, what is it? It's May 2nd. Yeah. Um, and we are still in quarantine here in, yeah. in Oregon. 
I was yeah. just, I was gonna, I was thinking about this this morning while I was uh, blow drying my hair. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually blow dried my hair. Mm-hmm. Maybe done it a few times, but it just makes, it makes it last longer. I can go a few more days when I actually blow dry it and, and you know, feel like I did something with myself. Like, ah, I blow dried my hair before seven o'clock this morning. Yeah, it looks great this morning. Did Thanks. you get a little, uh, what's that, what's that little cone thing on the end? Yeah, I use the, um, oh, wow. I Start just, with an H? Wow, I just totally brain farted. <laughs> uh, oh my what gosh, it? what is that thing called? Volumizer. Is it a volumizer? Yeah. No. No. I, I mean, it gives volume. It does, it does give volume. We have massive volume this morning. What? What did, uh, what is it called? <laughs> oh my gosh, sure. I can't remember. I'll think of it in a minute. Um, but uh, it was, uh, yeah, I used that, but I actually um, snuck into your bathroom and took some of your. Uh, that like curling lotion stuff that smells so yummy. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I didn't use mousse this the morning. Moroccan I just oil. used that Moroccan yeah. oil. But Ooh, I think good. it might also be that I stayed in the shower with it really cold for a few minutes. I'd like to say that's why I have great volume in my hair and it's nice and wavy is because of the cold water. I, it's probably not, but it... A diffuser. Diffuser. It's called a Dang. diffuser. Okay, yeah, diffuser. Um, <laughs> I just Googled it. Yeah, but I was thinking about it because our podcasts are like Saturday to comes on Monday, you mm-hmm. know? So um, we would like to invite you. We uh, are running a, uh, a seminar, workshop, online class uh, this coming Wednesday night from 6 to 9 p.m. May 6th, 2020 for anybody that listens mm-hmm. to this podcast in 2022. It'll only work <laughs> if you listen to it in the next three days. No, because it will, we'll have it later at a later uh, date. That's so true. People could, that's true. If you miss it, yeah, it'll be recorded. We can, we can send it out. It. But we are doing a, uh, a three-hour workshop uh, for uh, having a conversation about uh, belonging and your vagus nerve. So mm-hmm. our connection with our bodies, um, this nerve that is so epic and wonderful and amazing and how it affects our, our ability to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so just want to invite you to that. You can register, uh, on our website, uh, dropgym.com forward slash refresh. And that will be, that will be that class. If you can't make it at that time, you could absolutely, um, just, still register and you will get the recorded class with the PDFs the next day. Awesome. So really excited about it. That yeah. sounds wonderful. Yeah, we'll do a little, we'll talk about it, talk about the end too, but wonderful. So on today's podcast, we are going to talk about, uh, is this episode 10? I do believe so. Wow. Episode 10. Yeah. Cool. Episode 10. I think so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause last one was nine. So yeah, that would make this <laughs> one 10. <laughs> Yeah, episode 10, double digits, baby. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about some things that uh, that I feel like often we we consider or we struggle with when we are young adults, when we're like teenagers, um, but then also not just not lumping that to the teenage years, but it can also even press into the 20s or even 30s or even 40s. Or you're 50 um, wondering this as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and a lot of it is in, in just the thought of when you're younger, you just, you have these big dreams about what you want to do with your life and where you want to go. And 
And I don't think it's as grand as how you want to change the world. I mean, I think that would be amazing if kids actually thought about, yeah. um, gosh, how do I want to change the world? I do know. So of some pa- should parents do. come like pull their kids up to this podcast right now? Yeah. Turn it on in a car. I think it would be. I think it would be great. The t- or just listen as the teenager inside of you or the 20-year-old woman inside of you or man. Because I think we have men that listen to this as well. Oh, yeah. We yeah. totally do. Yeah. We to- we have a lot of men. Yeah. 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 I think it's a little bit. This is this is a human thing. This is definitely not a a woman thing for sure. And it's it's. I think that if you have teenage kids, if you have kids in general that are just interested in what you listen to, um, yeah, this I think would be that a would good be great. episode. This would be a good, good episode, um, and so I think that there are, um, as as a young girl, you know, just wondering about, uh, you know, they talk about like the world is your oyster and mm-hmm. all of these things when you're younger, and then as time passes, um, we feel like we are, you know, we're older and we are past our prime, yeah, um, or. It's too late. Uh, yeah, it's too late. I'm I'm too old. I have too many things going. And um, what if we really did like switch our mindset and and not play that track in our mind? You know, because really, when you look at it, it is just um, it's maybe a little bit of fear, or maybe a little bit of an excuse, or maybe a little bit of uh, I don't know, just uh, hopelessness. Um, there's a lot of things there that uh, if you just switch it, it could change. You could switch your mind, change your mind. It can change a lot. Um, but so when you're younger, you you have these dreams, these things that you want to do um, when you get older. For me, most of those things surrounded making money. Like it was when I get older, I'm, I just want to pick a profession that makes me money. Mm. Like that was really where my mind was. It wasn't like something that um, that I was good at. No doubt I needed to become good at it. That's what I always thought. So I need to go to school and then I become good at it, right? And so um, I wanted to become a marine biologist. I look at that now and I'm like, I don't really know how much money they make. But it hmm. just was kind of cool. I liked whales. I liked dolphins. I liked the ocean. So I thought, And we were also not? in the era of free willy. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, you wanted yep. to save the orcas. Yeah, yeah, and so because I, I definitely wanted to be a marine biologist as well. Yeah, the more I think, it, or the the more we've we've like talked about this, or we talk about it with our friends, a lot of people, yeah, our age wanted to be marine biologists. Yeah, but I could definitely now I look back and I'm like, heck no. Yeah, I do not want to go swim with big old animals in open water and big. Yeah, no yeah, way. I don't, no, I don't think so. No way. Yeah. Um, so we had this dead fish. Yeah, no yeah. dead fish, and yeah, yeah, smelly. Yeah, no, yeah, no thanks. Um, and so thinking about you know what you want to do when you're younger, you have all of these like really grand, grand ideas, and like you obviously you said you wanted to be a marine biologist. What else did you want to be when you were younger? Um, I don't think I ever really, really, really knew. Um, I definitely, I wanted to be um, an ER surgeon. That was like something I really wanted to do. Probably more when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I took physics and all of my dreams were flushed down the toilet because (laughs) I could barely pass physics. And I was like, well, and then pre-calculus was so difficult and I just didn't understand it. And and geometry like the whole math portion of 
like medicine, like the science part, I loved. Mm-hmm. Biology, chemistry, um, but there was this part in my brain that I just assumed because because I wasn't good at math, I wasn't so good at math, or it was so difficult that there was no way. So I think literally when I, um, in my physics class, I sort of like let that dream die. That was my senior year of high school. Oh, wow. I so- kind of was like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do this. Or it would... So or- you, wanted, you wanted to be an ER surgeon in your senior year in high school. But even then, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't think as a kid, I, I probably just wanted to be like a professional athlete because mm-hmm. then you just get to play sports all day, mm-hmm. you know? And I was really, really athletic, so yeah. it, you could do that. But you were, you were like kind that. of all right at soccer, huh? I was kind of all right. <laughs> just like you were kind of all right at karate. <laughs> You were kind of w- probably more all right at karate than I was at soccer. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so I think I think there's those things that sort of we just start to question so much that we just put the put the thing away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me it was more I probably can't play sports um, and do these classes. Mm-hmm. And I need sports to pay for college. Okay. So I think there may have been, not that I was like trying to barter in my mind and make all these choices. Yeah, I just no. really look back at it and I think I just probably realized there's there's probably no way that I could do both. Yeah. Knowing how hard I had to work at physics and knowing how hard I would have to practice and to play at the level that I wanted to play at. Mm-hmm. I just think I kind of knew that I, I I wasn't sure I could do both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I even look, knew what medical school looked like or anything like that. You know, I just think I faced reality. Yeah. And I look back now and I'm like, I would definitely not want to be a doctor of any sort. Um, and still being in the ER would be very interesting, but I definitely don't think that uh, I would want to do that now. No. 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 I, uh, as you're talking, I was just thinking about how important it is, even as, as young kids to, to be able to dream and, and not really, you know, to be not, you know, you're, you're far away from when the action is actually like taking place. So meaning like the time that you actually get the job or the time that you need to choose to uh, go to college and or what college to go to and what you actually want your major to be, what you want your degree to be in. And and so like when you're in elementary school to even like cultivate the dreaming for kids to to dream like really, really big dreams, you know. But I think our really big dreams have turned into what will give you the best retirement and mm-hmm. Um, the best insurance. Mm-hmm. Do you? I don't think kids think that. I think no, parents do. I, that, well, that's I don't. Yeah, I don't think kids think that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not what I okay. mean. It's just the conversation that happens between kids and their parents and what they want to be, and parents being able to like put into well, that's not going to be a well-paying job, or that's not going to make you a lot of money, yeah. or that's not going to give you retirement, or that's yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, because when they are kids, though, I think that it's really, it's important for them to, and I know you think this too, to, for them to actually, for them to dream. I think that's a really important stage. And so in pops the parent who does, you know, or the grandparent 
or even culture who is like, mm, maybe let's like hone this a little bit. I think though it's on, it sometimes is on one side or the other where parents either they're talking about that or they're saying just like do whatever you want and have no responsibility and dream what however you want to dream in a way like I think that there's a balance of like okay structure to help guide them and to help them become aware of really where they want to go but yet not in a way that is like okay when they're eight years old and they're dreaming of becoming a marine biologist where you're like "Mm, probably not because you're afraid of sharks you know, which is probably what my mom would have told me if that was something, because I was terrified of sharks of, you know, and that's obviously a really big, a really big thing. Or like, you know, hey, I want to become a lawyer. Well, you're not really that good of, you know, you're, you're not that good in school, you know, and there's lots of reading. And so that's probably not what you want to do, you know, where there's, there's these things, even as adults, where we, we try to like guard our children from disappointment or we bring reality in and it's it's more it's a lot of like their fear projected on on the kids rather than like wow if my son or daughter wants to become you know a an ER surgeon or a a lawyer or a scientist of some sort those are really big and grand and bold um and most of the time if they're not like I eventually found out that that's not what I wanted to do you know, like that I wanted to do something else. Um, and you, like you said, through, I mean, I bet your mom never told you like, you know, you shouldn't become an ER surgeon or you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. Yeah. I don't think I ever talked about it out loud. Oh, you didn't. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think that there's like, there is a stage in, uh, in growth and in dreaming that like, there is like a cultivation, even if it scares parents, you know, and, And then as you get older, you know, like obviously you went to college. I didn't go to college. I went to community college. Um, I always thought that I was going to open my own karate school as a young girl, you know, but then also still simultaneously having the dream of like possibly doing something else. You know, like, is this really what I want to do? Do I just want to stay and teach karate? Is this what I'm, you know, because there was that like, okay, or I could go to college and I could do this and... And so there was like, there was this pressure, but yet I finally decided that this is what I wanted to do and this is the avenue that I was going to go down. And so I was like stuck on it and it was for 15 years even just like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And so every bit of energy was focused on the day that I was going to own a karate school, the day that I was going to have my own students, my own building. And, and yet if you were to look at me now, obviously I don't own a karate school. Mm -hmm. I don't have a college degree. I don't have, you know, these things that I, I, and who knew, who knows if, if I actually would have gone to college, if I would end up being where I am now, but I thought, well, I don't need to go to college. I just need to, you know, study from different masters in martial arts. I need to, you know, I didn't even think about like the business. I just thought about the quality of the art that I was studying and um, and how I was teaching and that kind of study. And I didn't even think past that. Um, and so, but I think it's important to acknowledge that there's really awesome things that like come from, you know, sharp right turns or when you, when you, even if it's 15 years of moving in one direction and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody comes along, like you come along in my life and you stir something else Mm -hmm. in me that then 
I'm like, okay, I'm going to change directions. Mm. You know, I'm going to change directions because, not because I'm bored, not because I'm not getting what I want, but because I actually feel called to. And it, it was extremely scary, but it's never, ever what I thought I was ever going to do. It looked so different than what I thought. Um, but my, my dream of the karate school wasn't ripped from me. You know, it wasn't taken from me and then I had to figure something else out. Mm. It was actually a choice. Yeah. I could continue down this road or I could go this way. And I don't know what this way looks like, but there's something happening inside of me that's telling me to turn. Mm-hmm. And so I allowed myself to turn, you know? And and so do you feel like in your life, like you obviously talking about being an ER surgeon, but then, you know, going to school and what did you think that you were going to, like going into college, what what was your mindset? For those like young young kids that are listening now or even adults that are in school, like what was your what was your mindset when you went to college, like your expectation like when college was over? What did you feel like was going to happen? Um, I don't think I had like an expectation of, of when it was over or knowing what was going to happen, but I definitely think that um, I think – my my mom my parents were um, very adamant about like in school I had a job and I th- probably hated it and I probably fought it and was like oh I don't really want to do this other than making money like it was helpful to make money but I think that it was really 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 important for me to have the jobs that I did in high school um, because it it woke up something inside of me that wasn't like, oh, I definitely want to do this. But it was like, I'm not wired for this. Mm. Um, There's some people that really want to sit behind a desk all day and every like the, you know, that, that are secretarial in their nature. They enjoy that. And I, I hated it. I had a job. Um, I didn't hate my jobs. I didn't enjoy what I was doing mm. in those jobs. Um, so answering phones, scheduling things, filing, filing things, and and just really knowing that I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at a pizza parlor, and I definitely knew I didn't want to do that forever. Obviously, but I think that there's those there's those things in our life that we do that you're like you do them because they're good for you, but you also learn maybe what you don't enjoy and then you start realizing the things that you are enjoying mm-hmm. and the things that you do want to do and um and so for me like i worked um at my high school and i answered phones in the morning and then after school and i like helped with all sorts of like administrative type things which as you've heard us say multiple times i do not feel administrative at all i do it because i have to but there's some people that are super organized and administrative God bless you because we need you in this world. But that was not me. But I, I got to see that like, this is not what I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. Not that I ever felt bad at it. But I think for me, I remember one day at this, I worked at this physical therapy clinic and I was like, I'm going to go to college and I am going to graduate. And I actually working at the physical therapy clinic, like after the ER thing died, it was sort of like, Ooh, physical therapy is kind of cool. You get to help people get better. Mm -hmm. Um, in, in structural ways and after surgery and things like that. And it was like, oh, I could work with, um, you know, athletes and people that, you know, are in college or they're, you know, there's those sorts of things that come up that you can find yourself in your same stream of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, 
but then you end up in the areas that you end up in. And so I was like a physical therapist and then I got in my car accident. And then I spent five years of my college career in physical therapy. And I was like, this is not as sexy as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and I don't think I want to do this. Yeah. Which is really hard because I started to realize that maybe my junior year of college and then I felt really lost because I started out as a business major, was really bad at business class. Like it just didn't, which is really funny because all of my economics classes and all of my business classes, I was not good at. Like it wasn't registering in my brain. Like I didn't, I had to work so hard to understand. Like the only thing in micro and macro economics that I understood was supply and demand. And that was about the only thing. And everything else just... <laughs> Just, you know, those subjects that you just fly by your, where you're like, I do not understand, just doesn't, doesn't make sense, making sense in my brain. But then I would do like anatomy and physiology and it was like, oh, this is amazing. Like this, this really, this like clicks in my brain. And, um, and so I knew I wasn't going to be like a writer or anything like that. And so, um, I didn't really want to be a teacher. And so I, I think that we we have to do the things that we're not good at in order to know that we're not good at them, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And then doing the things that we're good at and realizing, okay, I'm actually really good at this, and mm-hmm. I, and I and I like it. So it's really funny that since getting out of college, um, I've had a I had a couple of jobs um, where I worked at a different business, but since I've gotten out of college, since I was 24, I've actually owned my own business. Mm which is so funny because I did not pass business school, but don't ask me for my, you know, business plan. Cause yeah. I don't have one. Yeah. I just, Your business plan I'm is to like change the world doing things. Um, yeah. So I think, I think it's so important to, to have different jobs and try to, Oh, I worked at Jasper's, you know, like the burger joint in town. Yeah. I worked there, made milkshakes, ran the grill. I was like, Nope, I don't want, this is not my, You know, and so I think that when you do things that you don't necessarily enjoy, it like drives you to, to the things that you are good at. And Mm -hmm. then you know that, okay, if I really want this, I'm going to have to put in the work. Mm -hmm. This is not going to come easily. Hey, kids out there, it is not going to come easily. (laughs) Not out of college. You're not going to get your dream job. You're not. But what if, what if they do, you know, that's great. That's what they all, that's what they all hope for. Cause they think I'm going to be different than Lou Crenshaw. I'm going to be different than my mom or dad. I'm going to be different than, than most, which is true. You will be different and things will look different, but. But you earn things. Things just aren't given to you. It just, you struggle, you, you succeed and then you fail and then you stay in the same thing for too long and realize this isn't what this is. And then you have to reevaluate mm-hmm. and, and wonder, am I willing to walk away from the things that I know that are, that are for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you, do you want to walk away from the karate school because you know what you know, that you know, that you know, mm-hmm. and then saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take this sharp right turn there's, have you ever been more afraid of anything in your life? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think, yeah, I don't think, think no. I mean, it's not like getting no. like scared, like chased by a bear or something. Yeah, but yeah. I, well, things things that have actually happened. Yeah, no, I don't think that I've ever been uh, more afraid of actually making a decision. No. Yeah. But wasn't in in the fear there was probably 
What else do you think was there in the fear that helped you like step step into the next into the next thing? Like was there excitement? Was there joy? Was there um was it well, I just because it probably wasn't just like, well, I really wonder what this will be like, so I'm gonna go ahead and just do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I think there there were a couple different things, but I think that one of the biggest ones with the fear, like what you're what you're talking about, there there was fear, but it was so it was a different kind of fear. I think before the fear actually set in, it was like a question of not like, is there more there? But I just wonder if I could do that. Yeah, like, am I capable? Yeah, am I am I capable? But then I wonder if I could do that. Even meaning like, in in where I was, I I had people that were relying on me. You know, I had a a boss that I had been working with and who I loved dearly, and he loved me dearly, and 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 so it was there was like, okay, am I going to be letting people down? You know, am I, this decision, this choice affects much more than me. And so I, 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 that was, that was what was like keeping me from actually doing it where I was like, I can't do that because of all of these things. I can't do that um, because of all of these things. But then when I realized that it was actually, that I could do it and I was choosing not to, I think that's when I started to get a little scared because I thought I could actually make another choice, but I'm saying all these things, excusing me from yeah. that possibility or that reality that I could actually make another choice. Yeah. I think I was just going to ask you this question because I, I know I this was the hardest choice for me is I think in the business, like in the in the arena of, of um, leadership that we're in, uh, in helping people with, with movement, but it's, it's always been more than movement. It's life. And, you know, sometimes when people come into the gym or they come into the karate school, you're the, you're the most encouraging person they ever see and you Mm -hmm. make them feel seen and they feel challenged and encouraged and they might have that no other place. And so the, the way in which we served people, uh, I, I know in the gym that selling the gym for me, it was never about the gym and the money. I mean, it kind of was, but it was more about the people. So for you, do you think the, like as much as the fear of taking the right turn, it was the, the like, am I letting all these people down or am I making a really good decision um, for, for all of these people plus the ones to come? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Yes. Yes. I do think that that was, um, that was a consideration for sure. And it was, um, I think it was unbalanced. It was an unbalanced consideration. And because I considered my choice and how it would affect other people, uh, much heavier than I did considering my choice and what it would do for me. Um, and, and so it wasn't what it would do to me. It was what it would do for me. And 
and knowing, I just knew, I, I, I knew that this is what I was going to do. I knew. And so it challenged what I knew, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool, but I feel like it's where I grew so much. There's, there's other, other, uh, milestones in my life where I feel like I grew more yet. This was one that was, I never thought would, um, would ever come and, and not because I was waiting for it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, I thought this moment would never come. Like, no, it was like, what is this moment? I've never seen it before. This is not a part of the plan. Uh, I am not prepared for this. I don't believe that I could do this. Um, and look at like all of these relationships and these things that I have built here and, and the understanding of really like when you do start to take care of yourself and not in a way of like fitness or in a way of, of, uh, I mean, sometimes it is that way, but for me, it was like when I was looking at my future and the hard decisions that I needed to make in order to, to make progress for myself. And it wasn't like an exact, I mean, that's the crazy thing. It wasn't like, okay, like you came to me or somebody came to me or like where it was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to trade you this for this. It had been a long rumbling in your belly that you actually didn't know what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And and it wasn't, it wasn't a, yeah, it wasn't a for sure. Like yeah. it wasn't a, it wasn't it a. It didn't have a okay. name. It didn't have a name, nor did it have a shape, nor did yeah. it have a weight, um, nor did, it, I mean, it, it, it didn't have anything that I could recognize, see, like it wasn't tangible. Yeah. And so I feel like if somebody were to say like, Chantel, I want you to trade um, the promise of this karate school, this that you've been holding on to for so long. And it wasn't just like weeks, months, four years, five years, 10 years. It was like 15 years, 15, 20, 15 years. It was like, it was like, it was a long period of time. And, and where it was like, I'm going to trade you this for this and it was some other business that had the ins and the outs and where I could weigh the pros and the cons weigh weigh all all of it and say like okay yeah that's worth the trade for me I'm gonna trade this for this it wasn't it wasn't anything like that which was which is there was nothing to trade no it was more like what if this thing that we're thinking about, like, what if we take what I'm doing and what you're doing, then we mash it together, and then maybe it's a thing, mm-hmm. and maybe we call it Camp Seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really was. It was a uh, who knows if this is even going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and early on, obviously, you and I starting to work together a little bit with like a self defense, you know, kind of know yourself seminar, and and so there was like kind of this little creeping, uh, like blend of okay. I'm still working at the karate school, but this is kind of a cool little side thing. But then when it went from like a side thing to a, hey, this could be absolutely wild if we did this, that was the moment where I was like, I was willing to play with the self-defense thing. I was willing to like be like, oh yeah, I'll play here because I still had the majority of like my my weight in the karate school and in that still. You can have like five eggs in this basket and then like one egg in this Mm -hmm. one. And I was cool with that. But then when it was like, now we're going to take all the eggs, not just, not just two, not just three, not one at a time. It was like, you are going to, yeah, it was almost like you were going to leave these eggs here because these people still need the things that you have like given them. You're not going to take away everything. 
you are now going to go over here and you're going to lay new eggs. And so it was like, but I don't, if I take these eggs, I know what they look like. I know what they look like. I know how many I have. I, you know, I, I know where the weaknesses are, where the strengths are, and then can't I just, but really it was just saying like, no, you actually birthed things over here. You actually, you gave these people time. You gave them your wisdom. You gave them the things that you have, that you've learned, that you have cultivated like in yourself and you have imparted these gifts and these strengths in these students and in this studio. And so now you get to come over here and you get to birth new things. But I'm like, wait, that's scary. <laughs> that's scary because what if I don't birth anything? What yeah. if nothing comes out? Yeah. What if, what if nothing what is if produced? What if the baby dies? What if the baby dies? Yeah. What if the, you know, what, what if, what if they get, what if they get stolen? What if they, I know how to take care of these ones. I don't know how to take care of these new ones. Yeah. Or will, will they, and I think I only say, will the baby live or die? Because I, that was such a, I was, you know, you and I, before we were ever friends, we were, we had these moments of life. Like I didn't know you in, in my season of, of stepping, stepping away from the gym and selling mm-hmm. the gym and, and making all of these decisions. So as I got to, um, like, I, I, I think we always have to remember that the trials and the struggles and the hard things that we go through, they're not for just for us. Mm-hmm. They're for the people that are coming behind us or that come after us that we can say like, oh my gosh, I have totally been there. I can't make this better for you. I I can only say I lived through this. Mm-hmm. Like I can only say I know this is so hard and it feels like you're, you know, because because when you when you walk away from a dream that there's nothing wrong in the dream like there was nothing wrong at the gym when I decided to mm-hmm. you know take a sabbatical and go and grow and I just there was there was this desire to understand more and knowing mm-hmm. that I had to step away but am I going to let all these people down mm-hmm. if I step away mm-hmm. but the cool thing is that when you step away from something other people like other people step into roles that they couldn't step into because you were there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like when parents, like you have to let go at times for your kids to fumble and make mistakes and do things wrong so that they can learn to to do things well, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I I think in in moments of, of deciding whether to like fully sell the gym, because I kind of took this like six months of being away and then this six months of being back in the gym like wrestling with like what do I what do I want do I want to grow do we does the gym grow bigger is it time for me to step away fully and I kind of knew for a long time that that's what it was and I remember I sat with a friend um and I was like but but there's but there's all these people and there's all these these things and this the gym has been my baby. Like I've given my life to this for the last seven years. And I, you know, I, I put money into it and I put time into it and I put sweat and tears and blood and I, I poured my life into this and it's my baby. And she like, right, maybe like four weeks before that had still birthed her baby. Mm. And she was in this, this wrestle with, God and life and why did this happen and 
you know, all, all of this stuff. And I was actually, when, when this whole moment happened of like, oh, I'm actually, this is time, it's time. I was sitting outside of a, like a medical building in Kona and, um, and I had been listening to this song that was like standing on the edge of adventure, looking into the distance of like wondering what is, is this like, will I abandon everything I know to step into something that I don't know? Mm -hmm. And am I willing to ask those questions and am I willing to not have all the answers? Mm -hmm. And I'm listening to this song while my friend's in getting blood drawn, the one that had just um, still birthed a baby. And I'm listening to this song and I'm sitting in this waiting room and I just start sobbing. I have to go outside because I'm uncontrollably sobbing. Yeah. And, um, and knowing the, knowing the answer but needing like more confirmation. Like yeah. I need more confirmation about this because this is a really big decision. Yeah. Um, and so she came outside afterwards and she kind of knew why I was crying and we talked and then she, and I was like, it's like my baby. I've, you know, I've, I've like, I've given like all the things to this thing and just to walk away. And she was like, Lou, if anybody knows what it's like to bury your dead baby, I do. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. And that was for me so profound, but there was no, I didn't have to bury a baby. Yeah. Like I just, I to somebody else stepped away from the baby and let the baby go to college. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and get new professors and new teachers and new friends. And yeah, but, but that was, it was so hard because, um, if, for those of you that own a business, you, it's not just something you do like nine to five, Mm -hmm. like it, it's, it is your everything. And it's usually the things that you love to do and the things that you're passionate about and the things that you have built from the ground up. And then to just say, okay, it's really time to step away Mm -hmm. is it's so hard. Yeah. And because you don't know what you're going to do after that. No. You're like, I don't, I don't have a business anymore. And then if your business identifies you like mine did, and it's like who you are, yeah, you wonder, like, okay, it's like after college, who am I now that I'm not an athlete? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. That's that- why we can't be identified by our successes, our failures. Like, it's why we can't. So it's so dangerous because then when you don't have it anymore, you have, you're this wandering human that has no idea who mm-hmm. you are. Yeah. When you don't know who you are, like in the core. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, no, this is who I am. So now I just take who I am into the next season, even though Mm -hmm. I have no idea what that season is. Yeah. Right. So then when you and I met, I was in a season of like doing nothing. I wasn't doing nothing, but I was doing nothing. Yeah. I was like trying to like birth dreams and knew that I had all these things in my head and in my heart that I'd been like wandering around with for like three years, four years of like, I know that there's this thing and here's what it looks like. And here's what I already tried, but it doesn't work. And like, I'm so confused with life, you know? And I'm like, what do you want to do with your life? And how old are you at this point? Uh, you're like 30, 33. Yeah. So like if you, if, I want to say it so much. Come. I want to. I want to say so much right now because I think that it's so important. Just say it all. Hi. We can <laughs> just have a really long podcast today. Um, you, you know, so as as you're talking, I think about the things, and I I don't, you know, 
I don't read the books on like, oh, possible excuses that people would have in exchanging their dreams from, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Maybe some way we should write it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there really is like the, the almost like the need, the feeling that we need a reason or something needs to happen with something that we're doing that's really negative and awful in order to exchange mm-hmm. it for something good or no. better. No. You know, like, like good, good is the enemy of best, right? <laughs> and so it's like, if, if you have like this good, this good thing, but yet there is something that is much better, yet we're so satisfied. It's like, it's almost like, um, and we won't get into this, but it's like the, uh, at least today, um, <laughs> like joy and happiness. Mm. And there being something that is so, like joy is so rich. It is so rich and happiness is, is almost like an imposter, Mm. right? It, it's, it takes, it it makes us feel like good enough Mm. when really like joy is really what we are looking for. Mm. And so it's like that good and best where it's like, okay, I'm like, I'm happy here. Mm -hmm. But then like really looking at what I'm doing now brings me such great joy it's insane. Mm. And it's a joy is never stale. Mm-mm. You know, like it's never stale. I feel like happiness sometimes gets stale. It mm. gets a little stale. It's like, okay, like okay the Oreo okay. will make me happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where, where like if you take an Oreo and you're like, it's, it's good for a certain period of time and then it, then it gets stale. Yeah. Right? So there's like, there's it a It takes freshness. a really long time with an Oreo It though. does. It does. Maybe that was a bad example. <laughs> yeah. The longevity of life of that. Um, of an Oreo yeah. is pretty, yeah, pretty long. It's long. Who knows how long it is. And even when they're stale, they're still good. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> that's very true. So bad example. Bad example. But uh, it's, it, so, no, it's, but I, yeah, I yeah. said Oreo, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's so, when you look at the, at your your life and what you're doing and the things that you dream of doing, you, you could be doing something now that like makes you money, that is comfortable, that is happy, but yet there is also something that maybe that you are dreaming about that is bigger, that is mm-hmm. different than what you're doing now. And you're waiting for things to be like perfectly put in place before you actually or you're do you feel ready like you've figured out you've got all the knowledge you've got all the information you've got all the things that that are you know in place to make this thing Mm -hmm. happen you've got Mm -hmm. all your ducks in a row yeah you're gonna be sitting waiting for all those ducks to get in a row for your whole life they're never in a row let's be honest (sighs) yeah you know i it i mean they are but it it is just that that's that's the part that because I think that 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 uncertainty, um, the excitement, the butterflies in your belly, and that really does it. It keeps you on point, you know. Yeah. It keeps you on guard. It doesn't. There's no like. There's no monotony in it. It's like it keeps you. It keeps you moving and 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 addressing all things in a way that is like wow. Like this is really this is really what I'm doing. Like I am. I'm. I'm moving. I'm moving in in a direction that I don't know, and it's there's it's filled with uncertainty. It's filled with struggle. It's filled with joy. It's filled with fear. With fear. Oh yeah, all the things. But we look at those things and we say that's what keeps us from them. Yeah, you know. But it's those things that actually like start conversation with ourselves of yeah. like, wow, like where where with this fear, like I feel. 
I feel a little scared because I don't feel like I'm ready for this or I feel like this might happen. And, and so we list all the things that very well might happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but if the fight, if, if what's on the other side of that, if the fight, if you fight through um, the struggle, if you endure like the moments where it feels like monotony, but it's really not because you're still looking, you're still moving, but you might be doing something for like a longer period of time, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's so, it's good for you. Yeah. But it's, it's good. It's hard to wrestle. I mean, I remember those three years of just. Yeah. Cause you went, you went from school, you graduated mm-hmm. college mm-hmm. and then you went into what? Uh, I moved to Portland, got a job at Valley Total Fitness because I had a degree in exercise physiology and I needed a job. And so I moved to Portland, got a job at Valley's, worked there for, I'm not sure how long, um, too, long enough to realize that is not how I wanted to do personal training because I'm like, you took all my money and I barely got any of it, but I did the work. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> and so in that, so for, for our younger listeners, in that, did you learn something from that oh, season? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously you learn things that, like you're saying, like mm-hmm. you're like, hey, this was unfair. But then did you, did you learn things that now you have taken? Like, yeah. 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 Well, and you, you just learn that if you want to be successful in anything, like you have to work for it. Mm -hmm. Like when you start out as a personal trainer, people don't normally just flock to you and want to work out at nine o'clock in the morning. A lot of people are like, I need to work out at 5am or I need to work out at 6am. And so I remember working at Bally's at the beginning, like hustling, you're only working with one person at a time. So like, if you want to make a living and you're only making Mm -hmm. $20 an hour, Mm -hmm. like you got to see a lot of people in a day. Yeah. So you got to do the work. So I would wake up at like 345. I would drive to work. I lived in Portland. I would drive, I would get up. And I mean, I, I, at this time did not do know as much about the nervous system as I do now. And so I would see people at 430, 530 in the morning because that's what they needed to do. (laughs) And I was like, what is, this is awful. Like this is terrible, but this is, you know, what people needed to do. So I would see as many people in a day as I could. I remember I would go into the tanning beds at the gym and I would bring a bunch of the really small hand towels and I would lay them over my body to, for covers. And I would take a nap in my like little hour break. And then I would get back. I wouldn't turn the tanning bed on, but I would be a place that I would go take a really <laughs> quick nap because I had gotten up at three forty-five in the morning and then go see a bunch more clients. And then some people are like, I need to work out at eight o'clock at night. So then you're, you know, not you're the world of personal training is not a normal schedule of everybody else. You are mm-hmm. working when no one else is working. Yep. You're working in the mornings and you're working at nights. Yep. And then in the middle of the day, then you're trying, you're doing the rest of your life. So it's this schedule that people are, you know, people see like, oh, you're, you're so busy. And I'm like, no, I'm just busy during the hours when you're not. Yeah. That it seems like I'm always busy. I'm not as busy in the hours that you're working. Exactly. So it's this different schedule. Um, And so worked at Bally Total Fitness and was like, I, yeah, I don't want to do this. And my uncle was working for Chase Bank during when the the real estate boom was like massive. I was like 23, so it's like 2002, 2003 ish. Uh huh. I think uh, he says, "Hey, you want to get in the mortgage business?" I'm thinking I could probably make way more money. Well, then guess what? I got a job that I did the job that I really didn't enjoy. I sat in an office that had no windows. I like, you know, was at this man's beck and call that when he would be on the phone talking to somebody, bang his glass 
on the counter and he would be like, then he'd push it in my, like over towards me to be like, get me water. But he'd just like bang it on the counter. That was just Ew. like, I was like, I, this is not what I, I don't care how much money mm-hmm. I could make. Mm-hmm. I am going to die yeah. because this is not going to fuel my soul. Like yeah. it's just not. Yeah. So I moved home and still d- didn't move home back to here. Didn't have a job. I'm maybe 23 at the time. And so you learned something from that oh, as well. Yes. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. You learned something from that as well. That's My good. feet don't want to wear high heels every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now that I wear workout clothes every day, I'm like, I'd really I'd like, like to, to wear, wear some heels. high heels. Yeah, yeah, get really dressed up for work. And then I'm like, mm, I much prefer Lululemon. Yep. 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 So um, then I moved back here, didn't have a job, applied at 24-hour fitness. They hired. They had just hired this other girl um, and so I went and worked at the YMCA. So then I did YMCA, but most people at the YMCA do not want personal training. So I, um, ran noon ball for the men and basically just like tried to keep guys out of fights at, you know, basketball at basketball noon. at noon. Yep. And then, um, then they hired me at 24 hour fitness I worked at 24 hour fitness again. And I was just like, I remember what this is like. And so then when I was 24, I, uh, 24, yeah, I was, tw- when I was 24, I'm, I was like, I, I could, I could do this. I could do this on my own. I could open a personal training facility and I have no idea where I'm going to get the money. I have no idea how I'm going to do this. I definitely did not do well in business classes, but I really care about people. I really love what I do. And so I'm pretty sure that I could do this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's going to be really hard, but I don't want to keep taking people's like, you know, trying to you know, be in corporate gym world where it's like, okay, well, you got to get this amount of money from these people. And you're like, I don't want to take this little old lady's life savings in order to help her. Yeah. You know, like there was just things <laughs> oh, in that so sweet. like environment where it would just be like, well, you have to sell her this many sessions if you want to work with her. And I'm like, but she doesn't have the money, but I want to be able to help her, but I couldn't, you yeah. know? And so, yeah. um, and so, uh, when I was 24, I, uh, I, with another uh, lady, we shared a space. We opened a personal training facility uh, across the road from, um, across the street from Roadhouse, like way back in the day. It's now like a um, postal place. Yeah. Yeah. It's called, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it called New Motion Fitness. And then about a year and a half into that, I found CrossFit. Um, 2006, our lease was up um, and we separated as business partners uh, in maybe 2000 and. 2008, mm. um, got another building, uh, for CrossFit that building flooded on the very first day. Oh my gosh. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is not good. And, uh, so then had to find another building a couple months later, um, ended up back behind Pronto print on fourth street down in the, the heart of downtown Medford, right next to the <laughs> yeah, yeah. drunk tank. And, um, for those of you that joined us there, you know what those red doors were like. Um, so it was in a gym that was just, this place was, it was falling apart. Yeah. It was so cold or it was so hot and it was, but it was where it was really where things really started to take off with the gym and, uh, and then moved back behind ABK, um, and then was there for a little bit and then ended up, uh, that's where I ended up taking my sabbatical and, uh, Mm -hmm. Austin, um, took over running the gym and then I came home after that and then sold the gym to, uh, to him and then literally like floundered for two and a half, three, two, three years, probably mm-hmm. just floundering of like mm-hmm. knowing there was great vision, but it was just, it was not, I wasn't ready for it yet. 
Yeah. I just wasn't ready. But sometimes we just want everything right now and we're not ready. Mm -hmm. I was not ready to hold, I was not ready to hold, um, to hold that stuff. Yeah. You know, and I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for, um, this, this statement, um, someone said to me, um, one of my mentors, he said, uh, when we were in Holland and we went bungee jumping and I'm, I'm really afraid of heights. I don't love heights and never have. And I was like, I don't like heights. And he said, it's not the height that scares you. It's that you don't trust the thing that's holding you. And Mm, so for me, it was that realization of, um, there's like really big plans in my life, but I don't trust the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't, uh, whether it's, I don't trust myself. I don't trust God. I don't trust the process. I don't trust other people that I'm not ready for the heights that I really want to go to. And so mm-hmm. I have to learn to trust the, th- the, the things that are holding me in the process and trust the process and be in the process of like, what am I learning right now? Because I'm actually going to need this for later. Mm-hmm. Like the things that happened when I wasn't doing anything, I needed those things. Mm-hmm. I needed to, um, to serve other people and I needed to, to help other people that, that I, there was no benefit for me. You know, yeah. I remember showing up at your work and I'd be like, I'm so bored. Do you need some help? Like, do you need any help today? And then you're like, yeah, I'm licking envelopes. I'm washing mirrors. I'm washing windows. Yeah. I'm like, cool, cool. Well, can I, do you need any help? Because I just, I remember that. I'm just, let's just talk about how we could change the world while we wash windows. Yeah. I I remember that. And lick envelopes. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, like even as, as you're talking, I'm like, okay, there are, there, there are things that we, when we look at people who are successful um, in our idea of success, so whether that be money or whether that be in just doing something that's absolutely amazing. <laughs> well, um, if money is a form of success. I am not successful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, so people, people look to people for certain things, you know, and some of them are like, okay, like I, I want to be like this person because they make a lot of money and, or I want to be like this person because of whatever it is. I want to be like this person because they have a business or they just, they love what they do. Um, they have freedom with what they do. Um, whatever, whatever it is. Right. And so we, um, I, you and I spoke, uh, at an event one time and and uh, it was it was somebody had asked a question um, from the audience, and it was um, you know people look at you and I, and they see you know they see us they see two single ladies who are uh, you know running a business that they absolutely love that they um, they have paddle boards and they go fishing and they you know they have tans all the time because they sit in the sun <laughs> or and they're fit and they they go and do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it and you know they they go to Europe and they did all these things and they don't see um, they don't see a lot of what goes into that but they also don't see the things that uh, that we don't have and the things that we have sacrificed and even like looking at our life and then looking at where we are right now. Um, and being like, wow, that makes sense mm. because of the, of the dedication, because of the, uh, the persistent, um, you know, just, just the, just moving forward and, and the willingness to be uncomfortable and take risk and not know if we're going to actually be able to have the money to pay rent or, <laughs> you know, or we don't know where things are going to come from. And, you know, people look at, 
at us and see, and they, they see our stories and they see, um, what we are doing now, but it's like, wow, like actually, if you look at my past and you look at the things that I've been through, you would see things a little differently from where I stand. And, and the same thing with you, you know, if you look at your past and you look at your life and the things that you've been through, um, and, and what we still desire as women, like you and I both still desire very greatly to be married Mm -hmm. and to have children. And so, and, you look at you look at my life and divorce has been a part of my story it is a part of my story heartbreak has been a part of my story and the but the assumption is is that you look at where i'm standing now and i have all of this freedom because i don't have a spouse because i don't have children because i don't have all these things and it's like it's just so great like life is just so great and and so I remember this question, and I don't remember it specifically, but I just remember how it really made me feel. Um, and and it was it was basically like, what do you have to say to the women who are um, like the average women, like the, the not necessarily the real women, but what what do you have to what words of encouragement do you have to speak into the lives of like average women, um, you know, coming from like where where you are now. And I remember you and I sitting there and very rarely are you and I both like a little speechless at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I remember there being like this lull and silence that kind of came over the room and then you and I, and you took over the question and you, you basically talked about your life and the things that people don't see that you struggle with. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think what it did was it just like really grounded people, um, on a level that was like they they got to see you as a person and they got to see you as very relatable to them. And I think what happens when people do that is that it 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 just um it pulls up this level of responsibility that they have in, with their life because they assume that when they see someone in a position that is success, that is powerful, that is that is what they assume that we have or where we are of influence, um, that it just was really easy and it must be great. Um, and it is great. It is great. But when you then share parts of your story, like even us sharing parts of our story now, I feel like it brings hope but also responsibility to people who feel like there's such such this separation between the two um and and I remember even just like hearing in my mind I was like man like don't let your assumptions disappoint you Mm. so like don't let your assumptions from like what you see other people and where they are disappoint you and so if you are if you're a teenager if you are in your 20s if you're in your 30s if you're in your 40s or your 50s or your 60s or your 70s even and you're listening to this podcast or your 80s or 90s yeah 80s or 90s yeah why not you're 100 um if you are a man or if you are a woman don't let your assumptions disappoint you because if we assume that the people that we admire, like where they are, that we would never be able to be there. We could never get there. We could never do the things that they do. Um, or that we assume that life is so much easier for them than it is for us. Uh, don't let your assumptions disappoint you. Yeah. You know, let your, even like your wonderings, maybe even, you know, call you to ask questions yeah. of, of, of the person, of their life. Like, how did you get to where you are now? But I think the thing that's so, um, I, I don't want to say that it's like an oxymoron, but it kind of is an oxymoron. And it's, it's this dichotomy in us that 
in order for us to like take risk, we want to know that there's going to be success. Mm -hmm. Like we just want to know that it's all going to work out. Like if I'm going to do this, like I'm going to, I need to know that it's going to work out. Mm -hmm. And if I don't know that it's going to work out, well then I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Right. But then, so, so if, if 10 years ago I could see, like if I knew where I would be today doing what I'm doing, but know, if I was to know the road, if I was to know what the last 10 years looked like, if somebody would have said, okay, you can have like in 10 years, you have drop gym, you have this thing called camp 17, you are like, you are doing this and this and all these amazing things are happening and this is happening, but you will not be married and you will not have any children. You will have to walk away. You will walk away from everything that you know. You're going to go away. You're not going to have any money. You're going to drive a car that has holes in it. You're going to wonder like, am I going to be able to pay my bills? But on the other side of all these things, you will have this one thing. Mm -hmm. If we're to know that, Mm -hmm. I would not have chosen it. Yeah. I wouldn't have chosen it. Yeah. Because ultimately we, we, we can't know, we can't even desire that we have to have all the answers because you're not going to want to know what's in between. Totally. You're not going to want to know because we don't, we want to know all the good things that are going to happen. We want to know that everything's going to go right. We don't want to know that anything's going to go wrong, but I didn't learn anything by all the things that went right. Mm -hmm. I didn't No no thing that I have said today was like, wow, all these things went right and here's what I learned. It's like, here's all the things that didn't go right Mm -hmm. that weren't what I thought they were going to be and this is what I learned. Yeah. And so this great desire inside of us to do awesome things without struggling is not reality. Yeah. It's not real. It's not going to happen. It won't happen. Mm -hmm. And 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 so to think that we want to know what the future holds and what everything is going to look like so that we know that we know we don't actually want that. Yeah. Because if you, if you were like, I, that's the thing that I want right there. Mm-hmm. And then you get there, you probably didn't learn all the other things that you would have missed along the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's better. It's like, well, this is going to happen. Like if I was like, I want a gym that's got this and this and this in it. Okay, great. But I look at the gym that I have now and I'm so glad I didn't have the gym that I wanted before. Yeah. Because this one is so different. It's so much better, but it was filled with heartache and tears and, and, and frustrations and failure. And it was filled with so many things that I could never have navigated and never understood had I had the one that I wanted. Yeah. So even thinking that we know what we want and we're like, that's what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but, but then I look at that and I'm like, there's no way because this is so different. And so to say like, this is what I want drop gym to look like in 10 years. Yeah. Like, cool. It's definitely probably not going to be, but it's, it's probably going to be better, mm-hmm. but it's going to be completely different because it's going to take like a whole bunch of zigzagged turns and it's going to fail and it's going to succeed and it's mm-hmm. going to be hard and it's going to suck and it's, but it's going to be great, but it's, you know, but we want we want to want to know everything, but if you knew everything, you would be paralyzed by all the things that you knew that weren't going to go right. All the things that were going to require great sacrifice of you. Mm-hmm. You're cause you don't get to know all the good things without the struggle. You don't understand good fitness by freaking eating Oreo cookies, ice cream, and never exercising. Mm-hmm. You understand 
really good health, really great immunity, like balanced hormones by being disciplined, doing hard things, by choosing to, to eat well, to like not do everything, to take naps, to be still, to be quiet, to, Mm -hmm. to take cold showers instead of always wanting a hot shower, you know, like to do the things that aren't so easy to do. Yeah. But that's, that's how every great thing comes about. Like no great friendship, no great marriage, no great relationship with your children ever comes without struggle and conflict and stress and, and, and true, like dealing with what it is. Like you, you don't get to have like all these things that you so desire without freaking struggle and without doing the hard things. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't sit here talking about the hard things because well, it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. We get to talk about it because we lived it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yes, all of that. That's so good. Um, as you're talking, I was like, man, when you were talking about like not knowing. And, you know, you and I have talked about this before. This has been like a buzz thing where it's like, do you want to know the, like, the day that you die? No. Yeah. Do you want to know how you're going to die? No. And do you want to know the day that you're going to die? Could you imagine if you knew that? No. That would be awful. Awful. That would be absolutely awful. And so as you're talking, I was thinking about that conversation that we had a while, like long time ago. And like not knowing, I feel like is such an awesome gift. Like it really is like not even knowing, like even what you're looking at, like what you even just said, like in business, like not knowing all of these things, like not knowing is such a gift because it brings you into the present. Mm -hmm. But our brain doesn't love surprises. No, it doesn't. So we try to make predictions all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, we talked about this before. If we, if we're, if we're making predictions that aren't like happening, like if I'm saying like this is supposed to happen and it doesn't happen and I'm not okay with going with the flow and rolling with the punches mm-hmm. and making a different prediction and riding the wave a little bit, I'm going to be so... going to be a mess. Totally. You're going to be a wreck. And that's where a lot of us, a lot of like even society, that's where that's where like humanity is right now, where we get, and then we get worried and then all of a sudden, then all of a, we have... We're taking, you know, all these medications to help us with all of these things to manage to, 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 but yet if we really look at like, even just what you're saying, like if we see the value in not knowing it brings us into the present, but people have a hard time being in the present. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's like, if I do know, then I can plan and then I can be okay, yeah. but you're not going to know. Yeah. And so. Like, are you going to choose to be okay anyway? And not choose as in like, just ignore it, but really like absorb the moment. And, and it's, it's so interesting to look at like even the moments in my life where I'm like, I'm in, I'm in a current moment, like right now in time. And yet I'm looking in the past of all these things that went like so well that I'm so grateful for, but yet I'm very fearful of the future Mm. because very fearful of these things that are really great that I love that I want to hold on to so tight might actually be not taken from me, Mm -hmm. but they might evolve. Yeah. You know, they might evolve and it might be something more beautiful or it might be something that actually challenges me more. Yeah. And so something that I enjoy more, but something that also makes me feel something that I'm unfamiliar with. And so that scares me. Yeah. And so I want to take what I know and what I love right now and I just want to hold on to it like as tight as I can. And, but in that, I'm worried 
Yeah. I'm worried that it's going to leave. And so then I am then looking at the future. So I'm no longer in the present. Yeah. I'm in the future. And so it's it's hard to do that because yeah. I do feel like it is it's a little emotional. Yeah. You know, it's like any of you that have lost a loved one before, you look at all of your other family members and you're like, Oh my gosh, like I need to call everyone. I need mm. to be with everyone. I need to uh, make sure that I don't miss this. I don't miss that. I answer the phone every time they call. I send a text every day, you know, and there's all this list of things, especially those of you that have lost a loved one that wasn't, wasn't supposed to go right then. It wasn't old age. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't something where like this natural, you know, like progression of, you know, you look at like life, the cycle and, and where because people do die. People we do die. die. Like yeah. we're all just so everyone out there knows <laughs> you are, you are going to die. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. But I think what's important is if we look and, and this was, um, you know, I said this out loud to you the other day. So, uh, rogue creamery is like really close to the neighborhood. And yes. so it's a real quick walk. And so as you were talking just now, I like went back to that picture of sometimes we are, we are so unable to be in the moment, um, because we're, we're, it's, it's like somebody that's constantly staring at their feet, staring down at your feet is not necessarily being present. Mm -hmm. It's making sure you don't misstep Mm -hmm. and just looking down and making sure that you know exactly what's happening right in that very next step. Mm. Which is really important. Yeah. But then what happens is we forget to look up and look Mm -hmm. ahead and Mm -hmm. look forward and see what's on the horizon. Yeah. Right? Which when you look down at your feet all the time and you don't look ahead, your posture radically changes. Mm -hmm. Radically. Because start looking down, see what your posture is like, and then stand up and look forward. Yeah. You can still look forward and know where you're walking. Yeah. Because you're actually seeing it. Uh-huh. Right? And so the other day, walking through this like little tiny, rav- like l- this little ravine of a bunch of rocks, and I'm looking down at my feet because I'm trying to not misstep on the rocks, but I hadn't looked up for a while. And so then right as I go to look and like take my next step, I'm, I'm so fixated on my feet that I almost walk right into a blackberry bush. <laughs> Because I'm so fixated on not taking a misstep that I forgot to look ahead at what was coming. Yeah. That it's great that I can know, no, no. But then the moment I like go to take another step, I'm almost in a blackberry bush. Yeah. Which now I have to need to take another route out because I didn't take the route through that I could because I was so busy staring at my feet. Yeah. That I didn't even know where I was going. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Right? Yeah. And so we do that. We're like, I got to make sure that I know exactly the next step and exactly the next step. And then all I'm doing is staring at my feet. Mm -hmm. And I don't see what's out in front of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or the people around you. Or the, yeah. Yeah. So good, Lou. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, that's... That is a, that was a really great conversation. Yeah. I absolutely, yeah, I love that. So again, if you are um, young, old, doesn't matter uh, like Send where this you to are. your people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where you are in your life. And um, and even if you do, if you have a job yet, you dream, dream big dreams and um, you want to, you want to take risk and you want to like bet on yourself. And um, it's, that is something that we, we definitely know. And we know that things don't always go according to plan, which is, 
which is the beauty of life. And as much as it's like, yeah, right, Chantel. Yeah, right, Lou. Um, it really is. It's absolutely beautiful. And so we just, we encourage you to embrace the uncertainty and the beautiful parts of life um, that might look like risk and and just and struggle. Yeah, and, struggle yeah. and things being a little scary. And uh, it definitely helps when you bring somebody else in on your dreams um, and you take risk together because you can remind each other to stay grounded and to believe in you when you don't believe in yourself. Um, or if you've never told anybody else your dreams, tell somebody so that they can then hold you accountable to doing them. Yeah. Don't keep it locked up. Like tell people, tell people that you know and love and trust, like tell them and say, I, I want, like, I want this in my life and I need for you to remind me that this is what I said. Yes. I need you to remind me what I said. I need you to remind me of who I am when I forget. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why we have that's why we have good people around us to tell us the truth and remind us who we are when we forget and then they remind us where we said that we were going. Yes. Yes. That's great. To go out and find us and be like, "Hey, this is what you said you wanted to do. Here's mm-hmm. who you are. Yeah. I'm with you." But this is where you said you wanted to go. That's right. Thanks yeah. for being that person for me. <laughs> Thanks for being that buddy for me. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, so we would love it if you wanted to um, subscribe to our podcast, if you would like to share this. Um, if you're listening, tag us on Instagram in your in your place of listening. Um, we'd love if you would share this with your people. We'd just be, yeah, we'd be so grateful. So mm-hmm. you can find us, um, Drop Gym on Facebook. You can find us at drop.gym on Instagram. Our website is uh, dropgym.com. You can find Chantel on Instagram at chantel.dayton. And you can find me, Lucian, L-U-C-I-A-N-N-E, Crenshaw, like the boulevard, on Instagram. So thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.